I have a lot of voices in my head about what you're supposed to do or not do around sleep. The voices of women who I know who have children and my mother and my grandmother. And so I think if I didn't have any of that, like the relationships or the information, it would be frustrating, but I wouldn't necessarily feel like a failure. There's a weird thing about sleep. Like sleep is a big deal and you have to get your child to do the right kind of sleep. This is like the one important thing you're supposed to make happen and you can't even do that. You're my boo. Yes. Yes, I am. You are indeed. What are your thoughts on um, how it's been raising a child, specifically in the category of sleep? Oi. I think oi is, that just sums it up pretty much. I see this as potentially a conversation where we talk about struggles that other people also have as struggles mm-hmm. rather than providing answers. Yeah. Thank you. That's so helpful. Just like honestly communicating, hey, this is hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm walking into this conversation yeah. with. What his sleep is looking like right now is I have in the back of my mind times that will be his bedtimes. And he mostly goes down around those times. But does he sleep? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> he sometimes uh, is not going to sleep when I go to put him down. And if you're home, after 10 or 15 minutes of struggle in the, the bedroom, you'll come and relieve me and uh, sub in and he'll be asleep within a few minutes. <laughs> and if you're not home, typically I'll struggle for a little more time and then I'll just skip up and he'll just come out. And it's hard because he, he is so tired when it's time to put him down. Like he should have enough, they call it sleep pressure, <laughs> should have enough sleep pressure to fall asleep. He will fall asleep, I'll go to lay him down in his bed, and then he'll freak out that he's in his bed. Sometimes if I just hang out there for a minute and let him cry it out, like I'll be with him, he'll settle and fall asleep. And lately, it's just not happening that way, where he'll start crying, he won't stop, he'll try and get on his knees and stand up, and that's been really hard. And he's sick too, and teething at the same time, and so it's just, he needs sleep, and I don't know how much to like fight him. If you hold him in a certain position for a certain length of time, he will fall asleep. I don't know how much to just be like, no, you have to be here. You have to be here till you fall asleep. Because once that initial struggle is over, you know, 15 minutes into fighting, going to bed, if we come out of the room, he's happy. And it's like he had a nap. So I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling about sleep these days with Judah? It feels like a really intuitive process for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the right way to do it is, but I also haven't like read books or asked around what the right way to do it is. So I don't think there's any piece of that where I have... I'm carrying like an expectation necessarily. So it feels like kind of from the beginning, just kind of following what seems like it works Mm -hmm. on a foundation of basically just providing stability, whether that's stability in the environment around him or even just stability in, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go, we're going to take a nap now. So I don't actually have answers for how it should be done or how to solve the problems, but that's just kind of how I've approached it. It's been a changing process every time he hits another developmental stage Mm -hmm. where it was different when he was a month old and it was a different one. He was two and three and four months old and now he's eight months old. But there's also a lot of common denominators there. Like I'm doing about the same thing to put him to sleep now as I was when he was three months old. Mm -hmm. So that has some stability to it, I think, for him as well. But I don't know what to do about the times when he struggles to fall asleep, especially when he struggles to fall asleep with you. Sometimes he struggles to fall asleep with me. Um, It's rare and seems more situational, like he's overstimulated or wasn't in a good place or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Because often when I come in and take over or, or like relieve you from putting him down, 
he's asleep within moments of me taking over, but it's not because I am doing anything different. I'm legitimately taking over and doing the same thing that you're doing. And everything that you did, like, set him up for that. He goes to sleep more quickly if I'm taking over for you than if I'd taken him from just like playing in the living room or something like that. So it's not at all like he's being taken the wrong direction. I don't, I don't quite understand what all goes into that. It's nice being the one that doesn't have trouble, that, that doesn't struggle. You know, like that's, that's yeah. nice and it's a boost to my ego if I'm in an <laughs> ego boosting place. But I don't know what to do with it on a practical level. Mm-hmm. One thing that has been really cool about it is that I feel like it is helping you and I to be each other's champions where I think it's really easy to look at the skills of parenthood and be competitive around it. And I'm really grateful that the first couple times it started happening, there was maybe a little resentment in me or some bitterness or uh, jealousy. Mm. I realized really quickly that that wasn't going to fly. Although there's some like, (laughs) I'm sad that I can't put him to sleep all the time. I'm really grateful that I have you. We're actually taking care of each other. We're Mm -hmm. not battling each other, which is really cool. Yeah. Speaking of which, I hear a baby in the background. Do you want to keep talking to this or should I pause it? And we're back. What did I miss? Did you say anything super good? Um, No, nothing super good. I just said that it is really interesting because he'll wake up 20 or 40 minutes into his nap and need help resettling because he's not done sleeping, but he'll just wake up. And if I go in there, typically, more often than not, he doesn't go back down. And especially in the last like week or so. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But typically, when you go in to put him back down again, he's asleep. In minutes, like minutes. What do you make of that? I don't know. I really don't know if it's just like a, pers- a per- um, like an atmosphere that you carry. Because he also behaves better with you sometimes. He'll act very clingy and needy and whiny towards me when you're not home. I kind of wonder if there is a level of no nonsense that comes with fathers. You see it oftentimes in kiddos that have like terrible behavior when they're with their mom and their dad comes home and they're perfectly in line. I don't think it's just because men have a harder hand, but there is a level of, I don't know if it's respect or just like a built-in honor of fathers. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to see it playing out like this in a context where often it's really easy to lump that in with mom's home all the time, dad's not, mm-hmm. or mom and dad are are on like on different pages and they approach very differently. Mm-hmm. So like seeing the child's response as related more to the circumstances mm-hmm. when there's certainly an aspect of Judah's life where you're involved more, like mm-hmm. you're awake with him during the middle of the night to feed him and like you're with him every couple hours, every day. But I'm here a lot of the time. Yeah. It's not that I'm not around. Right. I'm home the majority of every day. And you, you also, we're doing things the same way. Right. We're very much uh, approaching care for him the same way. We're like using the same technique or like touching base on what's working, what's not, and mm-hmm. both doing it. So it's not like we're actually approaching it differently and getting different results. It's like very, very similar approach. Mm-hmm. Um, even very, very similar like amount of um, care for him. I don't want to discount. You're certainly caring oh, for him more than I am. Yeah. But the difference in amount is very different. There's no actual tasks that you always do and I never do. You know, right. things like that. His response is markedly different. Yeah, between the two of us. Yeah, what a cat. She'd probably get off the table now, cat. She just burned her whiskers on the candle. <laughs> Shorter now. Yeah. Curly whiskers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very weird to see that where I thought maybe it was just authoritarian fathers getting a better response because of fear or something. It's not. It's not in this case. <laughs> What's the emotional experience like? Just say over the last couple of weeks where it's been a struggle. There's been a lot of components mm-hmm. where he's popping three teeth at the same time and mm-hmm. 
has a nasty bug and mm-hmm. there have been a lot of things going on. So there are certainly a bunch of extenuating, extenuating circumstances, but it also feels like circumstances that have like brought up things that have been subtle, not like brought on all new things. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's more just like exacerbated what was already a small struggle. Mm-hmm. You know? That pattern was already there. It just wasn't as consistent. Like most of the time, neither of us had any trouble putting him to sleep. Right. If one of us had a trouble putting him to sleep, it, it was, was probably me. you. Mm-hmm. And it probably would be solved if I came in and helped. Right. Over the past like week and a half, it's yeah. been like a struggle. Every nap time has yeah. been a struggle. But what's that emotional experience like for you? I feel like a failure. I also am online a lot, which is not helpful because I'm like on Instagram and stuff and I'm following like the gentle sleep specialist, the scientist of sleep, whatever. But like I have a lot of voices in my head about what you're supposed to do or not do around sleep. The voices of women who I know who have children and my mother and my grandmother and those voices are playing in my mind. So I think if I didn't have any of that, like the relationships or the information, it would be frustrating, but I wouldn't necessarily feel like a failure. There's a weird thing about sleep. Like sleep is a big deal and you have to get your child to do the right kind of sleep. Judah's not doing the the right kind of sleep. And so there's this big feeling of your failure. This is like the one important thing you're supposed to make happen and you can't even do that. And I feel like there has that has to be something that's especially on mothers too. Oh, for sure. Like I think it probably even just like benefits me that I'm going into each sleep-related interaction where if it doesn't work, eh, you're a dad. And if it does work, bonus. That's awkward. You know what I mean? Like it's only good if right. it works and it's not even unexpected if it doesn't. Yeah. Because as the dad, I should generally suck at parenting. It's, it's kind of what it feels like the expectation is. Right. And that's certainly not an expectation from you. That's not an expectation right. for me. But like I carry no outside um, voices of if you if it's not, if you're not succeeding every time you're failing. Right. Well, and the other thing, too, like one of the most helpful things that I've heard is like you can't make somebody sleep. You can't make him sleep. And this this entire culture and all the coaches and all the podcasts and all the courses are all about you're going to make your child sleep by doing our 12 step program. I have a lot of brain trash around it. It's really hard to just look at it from a fresh perspective of it's just me, it's just Judah, it's just nap time. It feels like if he doesn't go down within this many minutes, then this is a failed sleep thing and he has to come out because then you're just wasting. And I have way too many voices in my head. All of them put value on me as a mother if he has an easy and long nap time. That's not fair. (laughs) So unfair. And it's hard too because I think we're always looking for a quick fix. I'd really love to have... A pattern that I do every time and he always goes down. I think that I have been buying the lie that if I'm doing it right, I can just do the same thing every time and he'll just go to sleep. And that isn't real or people or relationship. Earlier on, I was paying a lot more attention to my emotional headspace when I put him down. Where like if I was in a hurry to get somewhere else, he he had a really hard time falling asleep. And even as I've been like wanting to go back to like a sleep training of some kind where I teaching him to put himself to bed one little step at a time. I'm in such a hurry emotionally, and I'm sure he can sense that. And it's like fighting against sex. I'm not with him emotionally. I'm not here. These are realizations. I don't think these are all the answers, but it's really unfair that your algorithm isn't constantly reinforcing that you're a terrible parent if you're not perfect. The bar is set pretty low for fathers, unfortunately. Uh, It's like impossibly high for mothers Hmm. and non-existent for fathers. Not non-existent, but... Mm -hmm. Did you take the trash out? Man, you the man. You wash your own dish? You the man. I gotta get off Instagram, maybe. I don't know. I was scrolling past this thing. I don't even follow this person, but it was like this Christian wife 
thing. And she was like, what do you do when your husband leaves his sock on the floor once again? You flip over to the next carousel. Thank God for a husband who you can pick up after, (laughs) however she phrased it. And then she wrote this whole long caption about how like griping, complaining, and holding things against your spouse is like not godly. Like, yeah, I get that. Also, why in the hell are we saying that it is okay for men to not be have personal responsibility because they have a wife? That is not okay. It's not okay. It makes me angry. I'm passionate. Get it, girl. <sighs> is that the furnace? I can't tell if that's the yeah. furnace. I'm going to shut the furnace off. As a man in this society where the expectation on you in fatherhood is, is kind of bare minimum from the culture, how do you approach fatherhood or like where are you getting your motivation to invest because a lot i mean honestly a lot of fathers would hear the baby struggling and not take it on as their responsibility to come help i guess that's an assumption sure yeah i think that i think that is an assumption i don't know is the simple answer to the question it's for sure not looking around me and seeing what other people do and using that as the guidance Mm -hmm. like i aspire to a level of fatherhood higher than i've ever seen Mm mm-hmm but there's some there's some connection somewhere that it's a there is a thing that I'm aspiring to. I actually couldn't actually verbalize what that is. I don't know what that is. I would love to say that it's like Holy Spirit driven, like it's just like driven by connection with God. But I don't know that that's the truth. I don't say that with conviction that it is. And I think to a certain extent, any part of my life has to be at least in some way a compilation of like things that I've seen and things that I've come to know. But honestly, like what fatherhood would look like is not something that I've spent a decade of my life thinking about Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't actually know where the tangibles of it come from because the tangibles come out of some intangible piece that i couldn't actually verbalize right now that's a wonderful question and i don't actually know the answer but it's not because i've seen an example of it not that i haven't seen examples of good fathering and maybe maybe what i've created subconsciously is like a composite of niche pieces of excellent fatherhood and tried to like put it together into a composite image but there are a lot of components of fatherhood that I could not pull to mind any example of where it came from or where I've seen it exemplified. I also don't feel at all like I'm pioneering. Like I don't feel like I'm stepping out into a new thing. It legitimately just feels like, no, this is what fatherhood is. This is what it should be. And I think just doing my best to follow that intuitively. But I don't actually know where my perspective or my motivation, my intention for fatherhood comes from. It feels like it's fed by a desire to like live intentionally or walk out intentionally the like the principles that are really important in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, respect and love and seeing people for who they are and components like that. But then what that looks like to walk that out into fatherhood or caring for a small human. And then adding to that pieces of like fatherhood or, or like how God operates as an example of fatherhood and how different pieces of that that have been revealed to me but yeah i really don't know where it comes from because i also don't feel like someone else is holding me to a standard that i'm walking to you know Mm -hmm. i I don't feel like someone else is holding me to a standard i feel like i'm holding myself to a standard and can't really find anyone one to hold me to that standard it's really interesting i was just realizing as you were talking there's a part of me that feels like i'm failing because i have help like if will wasn't here judah would have skipped a nap and then you would have been a failure like there's like a weird inner expectation that I should do parenting alone. If I can parent judo well without any help, then I'm a good mom. That's kind of the standard that's been set in our society. You're essentially a single mother. Your husband brings money home and hangs out with the kids on the weekends. And that's actually not, I mean, I'm not meaning to criticize humans and their life, but what it's done in my heart anyway 
is this feeling of to be a good mother you can do all of it all by yourself sounds sucky yeah it's not healthy it's not good I think that is part of why I have the emotional push to do some form of sleep training or like get Judah's sleep in my brain like under control is kind of what's the phrase that's going around because if I need your help I'm failing if I can't get him to sleep all on my own then I'm not a good mother and is that motivation to do that is that entirely from the outside or is that is there any internal motivation for that because like I could see for myself motivation to do it myself as like a form of independence mm-hmm but does it feel like that motivation for you is coming entirely from the outside? I'm I'm sure it is not all from the outside. I'm sure there's some of it that's intrinsic, but the loudest voice is the outside voice. I haven't really stopped to listen past that to see if I'm also pushing in the same direction. I love how this um, podcast medium has, and we knew this, you knew this going in, but is very much like recording a therapy session. Yeah. And sharing that. Mm-hmm. But then even having the name be nap time session mm-hmm. kind of like alludes to that. Mm. Like it's like nap sessions. time therapy yeah, session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of what it ends up being. That's pretty cute. But it is unapologetically that. And I feel like the more people can be aware that that's what they're coming to it for. Right. The more ideal it is. Yeah. I think it's a rich conversation. Also, if you're coming to it expecting to have three predetermined uh, nuggets of something or other that you'll receive when you turn on this podcast, that's not what's happening Mm -hmm. but what we're doing is having in-depth conversations about real pieces Mm -hmm. of life yeah i would love to listen to somebody else do this Mm -hmm. i haven't found it but if you know of other people doing this kind of thing send it my way i hope it's helpful it's helpful for me Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. so if it's just for the two of us i'm so glad we're doing it Mm -hmm. but i hope that it's helpful for other people too Mm -hmm. who knows who knows i think this turned into a full episode babe it's cool i can't believe how little uh extra stuff there was Mm -hmm. the lord was like Mm-hmm. Do it this way. That's right. I mean, it seems like a good situation to me. Do you think that we should incorporate listener questions into this podcast? I lean towards no, because I think it's so hard to answer those questions from an honest heart place. It's hard for the questions to be questions that actually spark something that's intrinsic. Like on Trip Clips, we had the questions from people, and they were great. It was so fun. But it was... It was not deep questions. It wasn't deep questions. Yeah. And that's not a problem, but... I would really hope that people would be asking questions that are in the same vein as we are wanting to be talking in. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I typically see, especially if the question is like posed on Instagram, because mm-hmm. it's just a very lighthearted medium. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to lighten what we're doing. And I also wouldn't want to miss answering the question honestly by going too heavy in the answer. So if the right questions were asked i would love to answer it but i also am tracking like the only thing we're qualified to answer is questions about our experience or our opinion mm-hmm. and i'm not sure who would be asking us questions about our experience or our opinion i really like the idea of it i just don't see it working well practically for this podcast are you envisioning people sending in questions and um answering them or like can you see that working well i think it was an honest question that i don't actually have a predetermined answer for so what has occurred to me is like episode 10 or episode 25 could be a question yeah. episode. You know yeah. what I mean? Not like a question at the beginning of every episode or something like that. But I think you're making really good points about it not necessarily being something that really translates well to mm-hmm. this medium, this particular podcast. Um, I think that if people ask questions that we didn't want to answer, it didn't feel like fit, I think we would entirely have, have the, yeah. the wherewithal to not do that or have the authority or autonomy to not do that. So I don't think any of it would be something that we were being forced to do. Mm-hmm. But I think you do bring up a lot of good points there about it not necessarily being something that 
fits well with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I love. I do love the idea of having like a whole episode that's like just answering questions. But I think it'd have to be something where it's like a couple of times. Like I don't know exactly what we'd say, but like we're looking for questions about X Y Z or questions that other podcasts brought up, and then just like collecting them over a period of time to then have a whole podcast episode answering questions. Where I don't know if we had a one-time question sticker and got five responses, if we would find the gold in that. Do you have thoughts on what you think would be helpful for me emotionally as we move forward in putting Judah to bed? We've talked about outside voices, me feeling pressure to like do bedtime perfectly. Do you have any insight on? I don't think I actually do. Dang it. I think the more you're freed up from extraneous outside voices, the I think the simpler it becomes. I think he's actually tuned into an internal struggle. I know any time that I'm like experiencing warfare while I'm putting him to sleep, he's in a very different place. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to categorize what you're talking about as warfare, but... But I think if you're having a mental struggle around your identity, <laughs> it's probably warfare. And it's, and it's tied into him sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I just am in a hurry, he senses that and is in a different place going to sleep. But no, I don't have insight. That felt like insight. <laughs> I should be wrapping up our episode, Spudity. That's a big question. Thanks for listening to another episode of Naptime Sessions. Naptime Sessions. We should do it like a robot. We should do it like a robot. Thank you for listening to Naptime Sessions. That just sounds like an airport voice. Like the Delta Thank information. Thank you for listening to Naptime Sessions. If you would like to tune in for more Naptime Sessions, please see previous episodes. Sounds like a robot who needs her tonsils removed. <laughs> I could do like the library one. The library one? The library one. How does that go? Thanks for tuning into Naptime Sessions. <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> Do you have other voices that you could do, you could do that with? That was really good. <laughs> like, if I, if I heard that in the library, I would feel right at home. Like, mm, this is a library voice speaking to me. For more information, please tune into episode four. We're weird. <laughs> Just like it should be.